right now if you're entering the real estate market uh you got a lot of questions i could sell my house if you're in a if you're in a uh, seller's market like we are in Texas. They'd sell my house, but then what is it going to take to replace my house? Where am I going to move? Um, you need a great real estate agent that if you're selling your house in a seller's market, that you're going to be able to find something else and they can handle both of those transactions. If you are living in a place where it's not a, a buyer's market uh, or a seller's market, then uh, you're going to have a hard time uh, getting the full price that you need out of that house. In both scenarios, realestateagentsitrust.com can help you with the right real estate agent. If you're moving across town or across country, they can handle both sides of it. We'll find the right real estate agent where you're moving to and where you're moving from. It's a free service to you. Just go to realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Let us know where you need a real estate agent and we'll get one uh, into your email box within minutes. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, China has landed a spacecraft on Mars. Uh-huh. And if they did, it looks suspiciously like exactly the same design as the American ship that uh, went to Mars. Wow. You designed it yourself, right, China? I mean, you wouldn't have stolen anything from us. I don't even think they made it to Mars, and I'll tell you why. Also, do Martians exist? Are are we living with extraterrestrials that are monitoring us all the time? Last night on 60 Minutes, the answer was maybe, maybe somebody is. We'll give you that in case you missed it in 60 seconds. program you know i spend a lot of time every day thinking about my health and fitness level i mean look at me you do not get a body like this without working hard so you combine all the hours i spend having to hear things like put that snack down i thought you were trying to lose weight what's with the pizza you know i go through hell every day and when you combine that with all the time i spend about thinking about exercise i'm practically spending my whole day on health thinking you know what i mean one thing that i uh, i think about and actually act on is built bar that's because the people who make them understand that flavor has to come first this is the greatest philosophy ever this is a, these are health-minded people and they said okay we're gonna start a company but we're gonna go for taste if it doesn't taste good we don't make it and i don't mean like taste close I mean, tastes good. That's why they use 100% real chocolate. These things taste like real candy bars, but they're not. They're protein bars, and they're really healthy for you. 
I mean, unless you eat them in large, large quantities, but I can't imagine anybody doing that. Built Bars are made with 100% real chocolate. They're low-calorie, low-carb. They're also high in fiber and protein. In other words, good for you and delicious. They've got great flavors that you have to try. The mint brownie, yes, it will blow your mind. It will. I mean, you will find a flavor that you love. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code BEC15 and get 15% off your next order. Your mouth is going to water just looking at the list of them. BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com. Promo code BEC15. All right, you then. Let's continue our conversation with Mr. Stubergear because mm. I'd like to know what changed uh, for the CDC to flip because they say we're just following the science, just following the science. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I think they were at least at the beginning when we were like, OK, we don't know an awful lot about this. So what do we do? And things change. Like, so I, I don't give them uh you know, when they were changing early on and saying, you know, this could be very deadly. Well, yeah, it could have been. And it was deadly, but it wasn't what we thought it could be, thank God. Um, and they, I don't think they understand the science of masks or, um, you know, social distancing. Yeah, I just read a story today. The, the increase of New Yorkers in Florida was really heavy. All right, here come all these... Florida, these New Yorkers going to Florida and moving to Florida. Well, why didn't they bring that? Why was Florida's rate so low with so many old people compared to New York that was fully shut down forever? What happened? What one, is the science here? Well, one little part of this, and I know this is not your larger point, but um, Ron DeSantis decided to try to keep old people alive as opposed to Andrew Cuomo, okay. who went the opposite way and thought, hey. what if we kill off as many as possible by importing <laughs> COVID patients into their nursing homes? And that, that was hey. a questionable tactic. It was let early me tell in the you, pandemic, Mr. though, so who knows? Let me tell you, Mr. Steve Brigier, okay? <laughs> I know your real name. I know where you live. You know what yes, I'm do. saying? Damn. <laughs> So America's dumbest mobster was part of uh, yeah know, was part of the New York numbers. This yeah. did happen, uh, but uh, so you know, and I think DeSantis did a you know very good job. I mean, the numbers in Florida are around the middle when it comes to uh, it, you know effects from the virus. Uh, it was he put less restrictions on overall? You know, part of this I think is outdoors to indoors. You know, there was a flare up in the South when people decided holy crap it's hot outside i don't care about this virus i'm going inside to the air conditioning and the opposite seems to have happened in the north when it's so cold they don't want to go outside we've seen flare-ups there uh when it's nice and spring and summer they had lower as uh, levels uh, of virus that's just part of it i mean you can't just simplify this to one thing there's a million different factors. i know I, but i was just in i was just in florida this weekend mm-hmm I didn't see anybody wearing masks uh, yeah. in Florida. It's it's wide open, uh, you know. But then you you go to the airline and you're it's like you will wear a mask. Yeah, uh, and you're like, okay, okay, okay. I'm wearing a mask. You do not. Uh, you have not applied it right. Put it over the nose. Make sure it stays <laughs> over the nose. You're like, okay, okay, okay. I got it. I thought it was over the nose. I mean, it's and that it was a. St- 
stark difference. It's interesting uh, too between that, Florida and the airport. It, that and Texas, uh, with the two places you were flying uh, in between, yeah. are largely you know completely open at this point. Uh, the, yeah. And now it's interesting because the 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 guidance on airlines really did change with Biden. And this is something that he can kind of control more directly. And when mm-hmm. he, they always had masks on when Trump was there as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Though they the, did you hear the like 14 announcements they had to make about masks during the flight? Oh, and, not only the 14 <laughs> announcements, yeah. but the the 56 announcements that um, if you violate these rules, you may never be able to fly with us yeah. again. Yep. There's threats attached whoa, to it. Whoa. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's all new. Most of that is at least is new from the <laughs> Biden administration where he put this on. And, right. and I will say, like, you know, the CDC did open up. Everyone talked about this is how they opened up all of these things for people who were vaccinated to go do whatever they need to do. Uh, the science didn't change between the the period two weeks beforehand when they said something else, but also they didn't open it up to things like airplanes where again, there's no evidence that a vaccinated person needs to wear a mask on an airplane. In fact, the airplanes Mm-mm. with, with their circulation systems are actually Mm-mm. pretty good places and, and you're unlikely to get uh, the virus on an airplane uh, you know, but they kept those on mass transit, a bunch of other different things that are probably completely unnecessary, but will continue are to all go. controlled by the government. Yeah. When they can when they can control it in a central way, they're going to keep yeah. it on for longer than any of us are comfortable with. Correct. And that's another reason why you don't have government running everything. Um, let me switch gears here, Stu, on the um, on, on what happened on 60 Minutes last night. Did you happen to? catch any of that i did i watched the whole ufo segment if that's what you're talking about what did you think <laughs> it's pretty amazing we've talked about this for a while this would be the biggest story in the world i feel like any other time we were doing the show and they can any other time in the history of the world there was a moment they this were talking would be the biggest story to the to the guy one of the guys who was running this sort of program um related to ufos uh-huh. Uh, and they asked him, they said, you know, what do you think about these, uh, you know, UFOs? Are you, are you saying that these are possible? He goes, it's not me saying it. He's like, we're well beyond that. The U.S. government is telling you that it's happening. I'm not saying it's not me saying it anymore. It's the government yeah. telling you. The question is, what are these things? OK, so l- cut one pilot on UFO. It was aware. Listen, to it this. was November 2004 and the USS Nimitz carrier strike group was training about 100 miles southwest of San Diego. For a week, the advanced new radar on a nearby ship, the USS Princeton, had detected what operators called multiple anomalous aerial vehicles over the horizon, descending 80,000 feet in less than a second. On November 14th, Fravor and Dietrich, each with a weapons system officer in the back seat, were diverted to investigate. They found an area of roiling whitewater the size of a 737 in an otherwise calm blue sea. So as we're looking at this, her backseater says, hey, Skipper, do you? And about that got out, I said, dude, do you, do you see that thing down there? And we saw this little white tic-tac looking object and it's just kind of moving above the whitewater area. As Dietrich circled above, Fravor went in for a closer look. So you're sort of spiraling down? The tic-tac's still pointing north-south. It goes, and just turns abruptly and starts mirroring me. So as I'm coming down, it starts coming up. 
So it's, it's mimicking your moves. Yeah, it was aware we were there. He said it was about the size of his F-18, with no markings, no wings, no exhaust plumes. I want to see how close I can get. So I go like this, and it's climbing still. And when it gets right in front of me, it just disappears. Disappears? Disappears. Like gone. It had sped off. What are you thinking? So your, your mind tries to make sense of it. I'm going to categorize this as maybe a helicopter or maybe a drone. And when it disappeared, I mean, it was just... Did your backseaters see this too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was four of us in the airplanes literally watching this thing for roughly about five minutes. Seconds later, the Princeton reacquired the target, 60 miles away. Another crew managed to briefly lock onto it with a targeting camera before it zipped off again. You know, I think that over beers, we've sort of said, hey, man, if I saw this solo, I don't know that I would have come back and said anything because it sounds so crazy when I say it. You understand that reaction? I do. You've had some people tell me, you know, when you say that, you can sound crazy. And I'll be honest, I'm not a UFO guy. But from what I hear you guys saying, there's something. Yes. Oh, there's, there's definitely something that, I don't know who's building it, who's got the technology, who's got the brains, but there's, there's something out there that was better than our airplane. So you know, when they tracked it at 60 miles away, they believe it can pull 6,000 Gs. So you understand that 10 Gs is what the space shuttle launch uh, a pilot has to take. 10 Gs is right in the area between 9 and 11, you pass out as a human. What can withstand, what metal, what, what device, what anything could stand 60,000 Gs? Nothing we know of. Now, they're saying this could be Russian or Chinese, but I don't think so. Uh, here, play uh, pilot on UFO, could be Russian Chinese tech. What do you think when you see something like this? This is a difficult one to explain. You have rotation, you have high altitudes, you have propulsion, right? I don't know. I don't know what it is, frankly. He told us pilots speculate they are one of three things. Secret U.S. technology, an adversary spy vehicle, or something otherworldly. I would say, you know, the highest probability is it's a threat observation program. Could it be Russian or Chinese technology? I don't see why not. Are you alarmed? I, I am worried, uh, frankly. You know, if these were tactical jets from another country that were hanging out up there, it would be a massive issue. But because it looks slightly different, we're not willing to actually look at the problem in the face. Uh, we're, we're happy to just ignore the fact that these are out there watching us every day. That's not entirely true. If you want to go back, you want to really go in depth on this. I did a show with the guy that has partnered who was with with the Pentagon. Actually, Petraeus was the one who selected him because he was not a UFO guy. Uh, and he did the initial investigations for the Pentagon that you're now seeing released. He's now in a public private partnership with the United States uh, government and the military and he explains what they found and uh and the the danger that it is posing uh last night on 60 minutes they only talked about one place it's uh up 
Is it uh, over? It wasn't Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, I can't remember. It's one of the bases right around Washington, D.C. I thought it was near Annapolis uh, in uh, Maryland, but there is this restricted airspace and they are in it every day. They are monitoring them (laughs) that we're monitoring them and they seem to be monitoring us uh, every single day. They said they've tracked them every day for the last two years. Somebody is uh, monitoring, as you will hear on my Friday podcast. I don't remember what episode it was. Can you see if you can uh, alert uh, the uh, the blaze and see if they can mark this podcast uh, so people know exactly which podcast it is? But there, we did a podcast about a year ago now, and it 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 will chill you to the bone because something is monitoring all of our nuclear bases. And I, I haven't heard if they're doing them to anyone else. I know they're doing them to our allies. I don't know if they're doing it to our enemies. Is it, is it foreign technology? The answer to that was answered on my Friday exclusive, the UFO show that we did. Um, it would be this technology is so far advanced that no no country on earth they believe could even be close to this technology without it changing everything that they do because it's completely different technology than anything we've ever seen uh i think it's it may be episode number 43 blaze tv uh, Glenn Beck Friday exclusive episode 43 strange things new evidence may indicate UFOs a possible national security threat that was on a Friday show about a year ago you can find that it's it is worth the price of subscription at the blaze just for this one episode it's amazing uh, and you can find it at blazetv.com slash Glenn. If you use the promo code Glenn, uh, you'll get a discount on your year's subscription. Just make sure you join us. We need you to, to uh, stand by our side, but we also want to give you information that you can't get anyplace else. Amazing. On blazetv.com slash Glenn, promo code Glenn. All right. Uh, what on May 4th, I told you about a great book called The Crisis Preparedness Handbook. Hopefully you were listening. Uh, if, if not, that's okay because Goldline was listening. And they want you as a consumer and a listener to always be as informed as possible. Well, I found out this morning that Goldline went out and inquired copies of this book for you. And they'll be sending them to the first 75 people who listen to my program and acquire precious metals this week. New and existing cl- uh, clients qualify, so don't wait. If you want uh, to, to shore up your finances and make sure that you're urging against the collapse of the dollar, make sure you call Goldline now. Goldline at 1-866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE. If you're thinking about crisis preparedness, um, you know, with things like the fuel pipeline being hacked and everything else, uh, this is a great book to have. The first 75 qualifying orders placed this week will receive a free copy of the Crisis Preparedness Handbook shipped directly to you. So call Goldline now, 1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE, 
or goldline.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So, Stu, did you see that China uh, lands its rover on Mars over the weekend? Yeah. Good for them. Did you? Did the you only see? good things can happen to that government, let me tell you. Right. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Uh, and the good news is uh, a million Uyghurs were on board. <laughs> um, <laughs> free uh, so transportation. That, that wasn't it. And they say <laughs> they're logging. Oh, these camps. Right. They sound, first of yeah. all, camp always seems like fun. And now free <laughs> right. transportation. I mean, lots of people free are signing up for. These were, this was training on how to live on Mars. What? <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, uh, so it, it supposedly landed its rover on Mars, but the BBC on what Friday or Saturday had an article with the actual television landing. You know, it had the the Chinese news, uh, you know, official news site, uh, Chiron and all of the markings on it. And it was what they were playing as it landed on mars and everybody was celebrating it landed on mars well i saw it and there is no way that was anything but bad godzilla animation (laughs) i mean it was really bad really bad oh it looked so hokey no dust was coming up as it you know was close to the surface the engines just shut off and it still kind of floated to the ground i mean it was it was so hokey and You'd also have to ask, how'd you get the camera there? And how did the camera land, set itself up, and then track the, uh, to give us a perfect picture of the landing? You know, we only see from down on the lander. You know, we see the, the feet and you see the dust and everything and it lands. We don't have a perfect picture of it landing from a distance because there's no cameras on Mars. Maybe they dropped anyway. off some Uyghurs first. Uh, yeah <laughs> so the I, have, I i was going to play that video today because i thought it was really hysterical and asked some obvious questions but that video now has been scrubbed and now they're only showing animation of what it might have looked like but it's not the same footage it's not the same footage it's better footage than what they were playing on tv and i can't find that that Chinese television uh, uh, moment where they looked to the stars and saw China on Mars. The Glenn Beck program. If you could help find it, I'd I'd appreciate it. Um, Okay, let me see here. Um, Let me tell you about Rectech. They're our sponsor this half hour. If you've never cooked on a Rectech, you haven't cooked outside. Uh, I've had mine for well over a year now, and I can tell you I love it as much now as I did when I first got it. It is really, really super sturdy, made from solid stainless steel. It was uh, built by grillers who go out and, you know, do those contests. And they're like, there's got to be a better grill. There's got to be. So they designed one. And then it was like, where did you get that grill? And they realized we've got something here. We should sell it to people. It is really great. It's sturdy, you can smoke, you can grill, you can bake, everything to protection. It has its own internal temperature, raising and lowering the heat during the cooking, so 
It, it is exactly the temperature you need. It'll tell you when the food is done. Smart technology. There's nothing like it. AB Compare, your grill or the grill you want to buy, with Rectech. Go online at Rectech with a Q. R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. It is really uh, amazing what the mask has become for so people, uh, so many people. Rachel Maddow was on MSNBC. I think I was sitting in the airport on Friday night. Uh, by the way, I have to tell you, um, I, I flew out to Florida with uh, Governor Nome on Friday and was with uh, uh, Alan West and uh, Ted Nugent right before that. <laughs> fun group. It was, a, it, was a fun, it was a fun group. Learned a lot. Anyway, um, I'm watching, I'm sitting in the airport and I'm uh, waiting for the plane and I'm watching the news and I see Rachel Maddow say that she just has to rewire her view of the maskless. Yeah. And she said, when I was talking to people today about the new guidance and what to ask Walensky, uh, everybody had very personal feelings about it. And I realized I did too. Part of it is that I feel like I'm going to have to rewire myself. So when I see someone out in the world who's not wearing a mask, I don't instantly think, you're a threat. You're selfish. You're a COVID denier. And you definitely haven't been vaccinated. I mean, I guess we're going to have to rewire the way that we look at each other. Uh, we have to unwire our preconceptions about what a mask or lack of a mask means. Amazing. <laughs> that is really in, uh, amazing. The DCist uh, published an anonymous overheard in DC post, which featured an individual concealing the face mask is unnecessary, but added, I really don't want people to think I'm a Republican. So they're mm. wearing the face mask. Well, it does kind of give you evidence that this was never about, quote unquote, the science. It, it is. Yeah, it is. I did a show on this last week. We went over this uh, as well, this this Maddow clip, because it's just represent representative. And, and you give Maddow credit in some way of like actually admitting this is how they felt the whole time, you know, because this is mm -hmm. certainly the way they acted the whole time. But it's interesting to hear them actually admit uh, how that they saw their their fellow citizens as a threat and a denier every time they walked by. You know, I mean, it's, that is really I mean, that's that that is, you know, gold star kind of stuff, you know have the gold star on you so we know you're a jew i mean it it wired people enough to where they're now having to rewire so they don't i mean i bet germans had to do that you know oh I, you're a jewish person and i didn't see the s star so i don't i mean it's weird it's weird that people would just assume you're a danger. You haven't been vaccinated. You're a Republican. You're a threat. Yeah. Treating, wow. Treating everyone with respect is a good guideline. And it's funny that the left has now found that instinct because now they're saying, look, look, if you see someone who's still wearing a mask, we still need to be we need to be understanding and we need to understand their their that they might have different uh, choices and that their personal risk assessment may be different than yours. It's like, 
Uh, are you just quoting Republicans and right-wing talk shows over the past year? Like I, I, mean, I get that there's hello. some differences here. I, I'm not, I'm not saying that there's yeah, no differences. But when people are, when people are wearing a mask now, especially now in Texas, I think one of two things: they are just being uh, cautious or polite, or they have something extra going on that they have to make sure they're not getting the virus. I don't think bad things about people when they're wearing a mask. I think bad things about the people who are telling everyone to wear a mask in the restaurant when I walk the 10 feet to the table and then I can sit down and not wear the mask. I think bad things about those people. What are you, a moron? You definitely, though, have... It is real and not just the left that... When you see someone in certain circumstances, you make judgments. Like, for example, if I see someone driving in a car by themselves by wearing themselves. a mask, I always You're think to moron. myself, what are you doing? Uh, and and right. of course, you, you, you know, you're walking they... outside by yourself. Right. You're walking in the, you know, on the, on the sidewalk in the middle of nowhere by yourself. Mm-hmm. What the hell is wrong with you? Anytime I see anyone outdoors with a mask on, it always crosses my mind. Oh, God, this is going to be yeah. some crazy liberal who's, who's virtue signaling to everyone. There's no science. I just think moron, yeah, or, yeah. which is probably the same thing. In my mind, so. <laughs> kind of a summary. Uh, you were talking mm-hmm. about uh, last hour or a little bit, Glenn, about how things have kind of changed for the better over the past few months and what's the cause of it. Um, as deaths have kind of cratered and some people are saying, well, there haven't really, weren't really enough vaccinations to make the difference there. What's actually happening? Am I summarizing that well enough? Yeah, it's what's happening. You know, the CDC, the numbers started to crater at the end of, of January. I mean, really crater. And by May, uh, or sorry, by March 14th, we were at pre pandemic levels of, uh, what is called excess deaths. Mm-hmm. We were we were back to where we always are. And what 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 happened in the last 45 days to change their minds that, oh, now it's safe. Right. Uh, well, so I think we're probably not quite back to uh, the normal levels of ex- excess mortality. Some of those numbers are, are delayed, so they don't wind up catching up until later. But still, we're much lower. We're at, I would say, at least the, the lowest levels since the pandemic started at this mm-hmm. point. Um, so the numbers did start coming down from their peak in late January. Um, and, you know, there were a lot of people uh, getting vaccinated, but it was still ramping up quite a bit. The one thing that's interesting, you look at that when you look at deaths and, and excess mortality is while there weren't. A lot of people were talking about, I think they, in the article, they said something like, oh, only like, you know, 18% of people were vaccinated at that point. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot in the side of those numbers. 18% fully vaccinated of the population is, was correct for that time period. Um, however, we know that one shot, just one shot of the two Pfizer and Moderna's gives you about 80% protection. So it's not as good as two shots, but it's really good. I mean, better than they would have expected out of two shots when this thing all started right like that's how well that the vaccines are performing there in addition the people who were vaccinated were almost all old people at that point remember they had they had you couldn't even get the vaccine if you weren't if you were 25 or or 35 or 45 it was all 65 plus at that point right but i mean but doesn't that prove the point of that we've been saying the whole time protect the people that need protection yeah you know let's serve the old people let's have this 
this crazy, all these crazy rules, I can't even say laws, all these crazy rules that everybody enacted that that put everyone into a plastic bubble. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessary. Now, it was maybe the first month. We didn't know what we were dealing with. Maybe I'll, I'll give you until June. We didn't really know what we were dealing with. But after that, we're seeing, okay, all right, it's mainly hitting old people. Uh, we can isolate people who have, you know, other conditions. Let's concentrate on that. Let's get the vaccine to them first. Mm-hmm. So if it's mainly old people, the numbers are coming down because mainly the old people were the ones dying. Yeah, we were at over 60% vaccination on uh, people 65 plus by mid-March. So the the death so that would make have, sense. Yeah, cratered. Right, I think that would make sense. Now there's some look when you don't have a vaccine, right? It's a lot harder to do that. You can't you you know saying like okay, well we're going to protect people that are older is hard at times. It's not easy to do. I mean, look, there are steps you can take like not being Andrew Cuomo that help quite a bit. Right, like just but, don't but intentionally wait, wait, try wait. to kill the people. You're probably going to do but a there, lot better. There haven't been. I mean, name the top three states. Uh, that have been just on total lockdown. Now, I'm, uh, as far as uh, California like wise, yeah, California, yeah. New Mexico, uh, New York. Uh, you also talk about Connecticut, Michigan. New Jersey. Michigan's been high up there. Illinois's been okay. up there. Mm-hmm. Now, how many of the how many of those states have a, a, a bigger problem with deaths than Texas and Florida? Most, if not all, I mean, California's per capita data is not terrible. It's more middle of the pack. All the other states are pretty bad, though. Okay, so I'm not I'm not making a judgment on anything. I'm really asking an honest question that I have not heard a satisfactory answer on. Why? Why were those states that were so locked down? Mm -hmm. Why did they perform, generally speaking, worse than the states that everybody mocked and said, they're all going to die. Why? 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 Part of it is chicken and the egg, right? You don't lock down that hard until you have a problem, which is, you know, so the states that locked down hardest were the ones that had the worst problems. I mean, California did it relatively early there. I think they were the first state to actually mm-hmm. lock down. They were. Um, uh, and th- really the only defense around the world uh, that has actually worked on COVID was catching things super early right that was like you know south korea and and you know some of these asian countries that were that are used to these breakouts all the time uh were able to kind of handle it better than than others even though they did it in ways that were extra constitutional for us uh but they were so early that they caught it before it really hit those levels in their communities once it once it's i mean like the only thing that you can argue for these larger outbreaks and you kind of pointed it out was very early in that you can you can argue that things like lockdowns make again i don't agree with it but some sense when you don't have testing right when you have no ability to track who oh, has the virus that's you right, can that's make what I, the argument yeah that's what you just kind of mentioned we didn't know what this was if there's an outbreak again and we go into full lockdown like we did before we're morons we know what we're dealing with now mm-hmm. And we have a vaccine. Uh, you can't continue to be locked down. But before you know what it is, I mean, 
all of us were like, wow, this I mean, this could kill millions of people. We didn't know. Yeah. And it's we didn't know killed hundreds of thousands. I mean, it's been bad. I think though, when you look at uh, the improvement, you can see it really well in the age data where if you break down uh, from the peak of hospitalizations in January and you look at it by age group. The biggest drop in hospitalizations percentage wise are people 85 plus. The second mm-hmm. biggest is 75 to 85. The third biggest is, is 65 to 75 and on and on with every single age group lining up exactly this way. The more vaccinations mm. you have in the population, the bigger the drop from the peak of hospitalizations. And it is really compelling uh, data that, that these things are working. Now, they're much more needed for people who are 75 and 85 years old. We're saving deaths there as opposed to cases uh, among younger people. So it's obviously less of a priority to get younger people vaccinated. Just the only hope there is to get people to the idea that we might get to a real herd immunity where this sort of goes away, like, you know, measles have sort of gone away or polio has gone away, quote unquote. It still exists, but it's not really a factor at all for society. Right now, though, we're already at the level where this is we're at the lowest i think the lowest case level really at the lowest case level since this all started because you can go back and find lower case numbers in march and maybe april but like that was before we really had testing this is the this is the best it's been since this thing has started uh we our deaths are way down to the lowest level with the exception of i think it was early june when when the first wave had sort of abated and before the southern wave um, there's an argument too about, uh, you know, when you were mentioning the states, a lot of those states are Northern states and you know, you, uh, the weather, the weather is, is a factor, whether it's a uh, season, season, right, right, right. season, of, you know, the season factor, whether it's the indoor outdoor factor where like we had our big mm-hmm. flare up here in Texas when it was 108 degrees outside every day and no one right. wanted to go outside. The North has right. seen it twice in cold times where they, you know, they wanted to stay indoors. Um, they didn't see it in the summer when they, for them, it was nice to go outdoors. Right. So that's okay, part I, of it. I, I want to I ask you one more question. We have to take a quick break. And I want to ask you one more question about Fauci and the masks. Sure. I can't stand the fact that everybody is, I think, arguing the wrong thing on the masks and how he changed his mind. Uh, and, and let me explain when we come back in just a second. Imagine that you're one of the millions of Americans just trying to get back into the job market by searching job postings and applying for them. Now imagine that some cyber criminal is targeting people just like you by posting fake jobs designed to trick you into revealing your personal information and your social security number. Well, guess what? This is happening now. Uh, And you can protect yourself against it it's important to understand all of the different ways that people are out there trying to scam you and get your information lifelock helps detect a wide range of identity threats i mean they can't find all of them but nobody can if they detect your information has been compromised they'll send you an alert plus you have access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim. So save up to 25% right now off your first year at lifelock.com, promo code BECK. It's 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or lifelock.com, promo code BECK, save 25%. 888-727-BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 
One more thing about the pandemic. The pandemic is it's over. I mean, people in large cities, they don't really understand. At least the media and the politicians don't understand. It's over. It's over almost everywhere. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're still going on the masks and everything else. You know, the, the thing that bothers me about Fauci, besides the lies um, that he admits to, uh, so he has no credibility, is the fact that w- when he was arguing masks at the beginning, he was talking about N95 masks. They specifically talked about N95 masks. Um, and, and they wanted those masks and all the masks for the surgeons. Uh, and for the nurses and everybody else. Well, they told us that those didn't work. And now they say that they they do work. And he lied about the reason. Is there a difference between the N95 mask and the stupid cloth mask and the, you know, the masks that everybody is wearing? Of course there is. Stu? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? There's, there's definitely a, a huge difference between N95. And then in, in between those are just the normal surgical masks, which show that they can do something so again the, even for a surgical mask the lim- the benefit is r- really limited and cloth mask it's hard to find studies that show really any bit any benefit at all from them and yet those are all the ones we see are you know nancy pelosi and all these people wearing are the cloth masks this is the glenn Beck program